Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning, church. Uh, hope you are all doing well this morning. Welcome to uh, Restoration Church, and if this is your first time, we're so glad that you are here with us. Uh, welcome to part one of our brand new series uh, called Dangerous Prayers. Really excited about this series. Uh, it's a three-part series, and uh, every Sunday for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at some different prayers in the Bible and really just talking about uh, how our prayer life uh, can be a little bit more dangerous, but dangerous in a good way. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about the prayer, uh, search me, search me, God, and we'll get into that uh, in a few minutes. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about the prayer, break me, which I honestly think is going to be uh, the most difficult prayer of the three of them, break me, because we know that on the other side of brokenness is true intimacy with God. And then week three we will be praying the, the prayer, send me. And we know that a life that is surrendered to God is a life willing to be sent by God. And so uh, search me, God, week one. Week two is break me. And week three is send me. And so I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of the times when we pray, we pray very safe prayers. Uh, you know, we pray very safe prayers. For example, a lot of us just Pray, God, bless this food, right? Like, God, bless this food. Thank you for my food. Bless this meal. And hey, it's good to thank God for your food. It's good to thank God uh, for what he's provided. But it's just a very, very safe prayer. Or God, I pray for safe travels. Uh, again, thank God that he pr protects us in our travels. But it's a very, very safe prayer. Or God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for this day. It's obviously a good idea and a very good practice and habit to thank God for, um, you know, for, for our day and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's just a very safe prayer. So um, we just tend to have very, very, very safe prayers uh, in, in our lives. And so I want to encourage us uh, this morning to begin to think or at least to begin to consider to pray dangerous prayers. And the question is, why? Why should we pray dangerous prayers? You see, because safe prayers keeps us in our comfort zone. That's what safe prayers do. And there is no way that we can grow in our comfort zone. A dangerous prayers push us outside of our comfort zone, which causes us to grow in our intimacy with God, which causes us to grow in our relationship with God, which causes us to grow spiritually. And our comfort zone, our safe zone, is really a place of spiritual stagnation. Our comfort zone is a place where the calling the Lord has placed upon our lives goes to die. Our comfort zone is a place where fear dominates faith. Our comfort zone is a place that breeds a contentment uh, instead of courage. And on the other side of our comfort zone awaits the life that God has called us to live. On the other side of our comfort zone awaits spiritual growth. And on the other side of our comfort zone awaits a greater intimacy with God. 
But we first must be willing to pray these dangerous prayers. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to introduce to you a very dangerous prayer prayed by a man in the Bible named David. Uh, And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. And um, as you're turning there, I just kind of want to give you brief uh, context of what's going on. So David, uh, he he's made some enemies. Uh, he has found himself in a really ruthless world with these hostile uh, enemies, and they're accusing him of uh, some wrong motives. And so uh, what David begins to do is he begins to pray, and he prays a very, very dangerous prayer. And this prayer could be broken up into four parts, and that's what we're going to do today is break this prayer up in four parts this morning. The prayer goes like this, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, the first thing or the first part that David prays here is uh, search my heart. Number one, search my heart. God, David tells God, God, search me. The word search means to discover or to probe or to examine or to test. So David is asking God, God, examine my heart, test my heart, see what's inside of my Heart. Now, the question is, why in the world would David ask God to search his heart? Why would he do that? Uh, why, would God, why would David want God to search his heart? I'm sure David had a great heart, right? Like, we all have a good heart. After all, uh, David's name means beloved, so I'm sure God loved him. The Bible also tells us that David was a man after God's own heart, and so I'm sure he loved God and and was a good person. Uh, You know, don't we all have a good heart? Why would David want God to search his heart? Uh, the, the, The answer is no. We, we don't all have a good heart. Actually, apart from Christ, we have a very wicked and, and sinful and deceitful heart. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That's what the scripture says, that, the, that our hearts are deceitful, our hearts are wicked, our hearts are sinful. We have a sinful nature. Nobody is born with a good heart. And, and honestly, if I could just be honest uh, for just a second, I cringe. I cringe when I hear people tell others, hey, you know what? Just, just follow your heart. Just, just follow your heart. Just do whatever your heart desires. I'm telling you, please, 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 please don't ever, don't ever give that advice to people. That is the worst advice you could ever give someone is to follow their heart. You see, David followed his heart uh, and it led him to sleep and conceive a child with uh, someone else's wife and to cover it up and to make things right. He had her husband killed in the front lines of battle just to cover it up. And he followed his heart. 
Uh, people always say, follow your heart. It's going to be awesome. Follow your heart. It's going to be good. No, our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts are deceitful and beyond cure. I remember uh, this, uh, uh, when, when I first graduated Bible college, and uh, I remember getting my first big boy job and as a youth pastor, and I was super, super excited, and um, you know, just making the big bucks as a youth pastor. Not really. Nope, nope, no big bucks there. But I, I decided to play the guitar. And so my brother and I, we go over to Guitar Center, and uh, I'm just kind of checking out all of the, the guitars there. And I really wanted one, but man, I just got my first job. Uh, there was no room in the budget for a brand new guitar. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to go in and see how much one is and just start saving for it and planning for it. So I'm there just strumming away beautifully. Everyone's amazed, you know, and, and uh, I'm like, man, I really want this guitar. It's a really cool, cool guitar. And my brother says, you know what? You deserve that guitar. You, you deserve that guitar. And, and so I begin to tell myself, you know what? You're totally right. You know, I do des- deserve this guitar. I've been working hard uh, going to Bible college. I've been working hard, uh, you know, serving Jesus every single Sunday. Like, I, I deserve this guitar. And so I ended up purchasing the guitar on credit, on money I didn't have because I convinced myself, because my heart was deceiving, that I actually deserved this guitar when it was just a poor purchase. And I played that guitar maybe like 10 times total, never played it again. And about a month ago, I just gave it away for free. Man, it was just Ter- a terrible idea to purchase that guitar, but I deceived myself. My heart, my heart was telling me, you deserve that guitar, even if you don't have the budget for it. My mind was saying, you know what? You, you, there's no room, man. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. But our hearts do that. They, 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 our hearts are deceitful and rationalize our sin. We, we, that's what we tend to do. We tend to rationalize our sin and deceive ourselves. You know, I don't have a drinking problem. I just, I just need to relax, and it just helps me unwind. It relieves the stress. I don't have a, a problem with lust. I'm just admiring God's creation. And if, if he didn't want me to, to see his creation, he, he wouldn't put it right in front of me to see. I'm not materialistic. I just, I just like nice things, man. I'm not prideful. I just know better. I just know better. I, I don't gossip. I just want to make sure every, everyone knows so we can pray for this person. But I, I'm not a, a gossip. And so we tend to rationalize our sin and deceive ourselves. But you see, we, we need a heart transplant. We need a heart transplant. Our hearts are deceiving it. And only in Christ can we have a new heart. When we are born again, God performs a heart transplant uh, in our own lives through the power of the Spirit. God, search me. God, search my heart. And here's a really awesome thing. When we allow God to search our heart, we find His. When we allow God to search our heart, we find His heart. A greater intimacy with Him when He reveals 
what's inside of our heart. When he examines and tests and probes, really it leads us back to him. Got to search my heart. Number two, uh, David says, reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. He says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Reveal my fears, God. David asked God to reveal the things that, that cause him to become anxious, to, to, be ca- to cause him to become distressed, or the things that cause him to worry, God. Reveal my fears. If I could just be transparent here for a moment. My greatest fear is failure. I am absolutely terrified of failing. I really am. I mean, it, I am just terrified of failing. And so, you know, uh, I, I was telling my wife that a couple of months ago, just my, the fear of failure and, and really like, I, because I'm so scared of failing, I work hard. Uh, I work 24 seven. If I have to I do whatever it takes to make sure that I succeed at whatever it is. And so I'm afraid of failing as a husband. I'm afraid of failing as a brother, as a son, uh, as a pastor. And so I will just work myself to the ground to make sure that I don't fail. And the thing is that I've come to realize that it's not so much the fear of failure, but this root cause um, that I actually feel inadequate if I do feel like if I fail, it's because I was uh, I was inadequate because I wasn't good enough because uh, I wasn't a uh, I just didn't have the skills enough or I'm just not worthy enough and so what I have done over the years is really um, attach my self worth and uh, to my success or my failures and if I'm going to do that I'm going to be in for a roller coaster of a journey because we all succeed and we all fail but the thing is that. My worth stays the same. And so I've had to preach my, to, to myself first before I preach to any of you that, that I, I have to cling on to what God uh, says that I am and who he says that I am, like the song we were singing earlier, that whatever he started in my life, he will carry it out to completion, that I am worthy, that I'm wonderfully made, that he is going to equip me uh, to whatever he has called me to do. And my trust is in him and my worth and my value is in God. It's not in my successes or my failures, but that is my greatest fear. The question for this morning is, what do you fear? What keeps you up at night? Uh, Maybe it's never finding that special someone. Maybe it's getting a call from the doctor that you just don't want to get. Maybe it's losing your job or not getting the job you've always wanted. Maybe it's getting married and, or it's being stuck in the current marriage that you're in or not living a meaningful life. Or maybe it's just the fact that you're, you're scared that your children will not turn out the way you want them to or that something's going to happen to your child. But, but what do you fear? I, I love what Craig Rochelle says in his book, he says, what we fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. And isn't that true? Whatever you fear the most is where you're just struggling to place your trust in God. But here, what I want to tell you this morning is this, that your greatest fear is also your greatest gift. Why? Why? 
Because on the other side of your fears is the potential to live the life that God has called you to live, a life of faith, a life of power, a life that makes a difference. And go to Scripture. You see, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. But of, but, but of power. That's what, that's what the text says, that, that, that no fear can overcome you, but God has given you the spirit of power. God, reveal, reveal my fears, reveal my fears. God, search my heart. Number three, uncover my sin. Uncover my sin. Uh, David says, see, God, if there's any offensive way in me. Uh, David prayed that God would show him where he has sinned against God, where he has grieved God, where he has hurt the heart of God. God, uncover my sin. Uh, again, if I could be a little transparent this morning, it's, um, I, I remember being in ministry and, and uh, over the years, people would often give me a piece of advice and it was always the, the, very, uh, the very same piece of advice. Uh, people would tell me, Johnny, you're, you're really, really um, direct when you talk with people. We know you love people. We know you're, we care about people. We know you aren't being rude or disrespectful or anything like that. But uh, when you talk to people, you're very, very direct. And it could come across a little harsh, a little insensitive. And not everyone can really be talked to that way very very direct and so person after person would would tell me that my wife told me that uh, some co-workers told me that uh, just some family would would tell me those things and i would always rationalize it right like man it's it's not my problem <laughs> that they are super sensitive like it ain't my problem that they just can't take it ain't, it's not my problem they're just soft like, I'm just telling the truth. Like, I'm just going to tell them how it is. Like, I don't beat around the bush. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just going to say how it is. And that was, my, that was just me rationalizing, just being direct. Uh, but then one day, I came across uh, 2 Timothy, where Paul was telling Timothy to correct people gently, gently. And, and God, that day, I remember just smacking me across the face and saying, man, you've blown it, man. You, you need to be more gentle. And he uncovered my sin. He uncovered my sin. You need to be gentle. You've been hurting people by being way, way too direct. Uh, and so I started doing this uh, study on the word gentleness, and, and I've read the fruits of the Spirit, I don't know how many times, but gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. And, and I've just glossed over it, I've passed over it, and I, was, I just asked God for forgiveness. God, I, I, I've, I've messed up. God, uncover my sin, and, and oh, that day He did uncover my sin that I was being a little too harsh, that I needed to be more gentle and tactful and sensitive and compassionate to people. You see, as a shepherd, God didn't give me a, a, a rod to, uh, to hit the sheep over the head. He gave me a rod to fend the wolves from the sheep. But I knew that right then and there that that's something that I had to work on. 
You see, we need His grace. We need His grace to overcome sin. When God reveals and uncovers our sin and He puts it in front of us, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. We need His grace. We need His power. So God will be the one to uncover our sin and will be the one who helps us overcome our sin as well. We, could, we can't do, we can't muster enough strength, enough power to overcome the temptations that we've been struggling, to overcome the sinful patterns or lifestyle or habits that, that we have been struggling in our lives. But here's the really great thing. Not only do we have God's grace to help us, to help us overcome them, we also have God's forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If there is some sin in your life and you go to God and you confess your sins to God, the scripture says that, that He will forgive you. There is forgiveness. You can't be, you can never be too far from God. You can never be at a point in your life where you're so far that He cannot forgive you. And so we confess our sins to God to find forgiveness. But here's the other thing. We confess our sins to others to find freedom. That's what I want to encourage you to do. When, when God uncovers your sin, that you would confess your sin to him to find forgiveness, but that you would also confess your sin to others, somebody you trust to find freedom. Because there's something that happens in our lives when we confess our sin to another person, another believer. Someone who's going to encourage us and challenge us and love us and walk with, uh, with us through life. And that's why it's so important for us to be in community. That's, that's one of our uh, vision statements, one of our parts of our vision statement at Restoration Church. Yes, that people will know God. That's the first one. And number two is that people will find community. Because freedom is found in community. Uh, freedom is found when we gather together and just journey together and love one another. And so we want to encourage you to get into community. It's that important. We were created for community. God, search my heart. God, reveal my fears. Uncover my sin. And I know I could overcome it by your grace and your power. I know there's forgiveness for my sins. And number four, lead my life. Lead my life. God, lead my life. David says, God, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. David prayed this prayer that, that God would lead his life. Uh, the word to lead means to direct the movements of others, implying leadership and rulership. In other words, God, you take the wheel, you be the captain of my life, you be the Lord of my life. God, I surrender under your rulership. God, lead me as you please. Lead me in your ways. Lead me in what you have for my life. God, it's your way, not my way. And I believe, I believe with all of my heart that David ended with this part because it really affects the other parts. You see, God could uncover our uh, sin. He could reveal our fears. He could search my heart. He could do all of those things. 
But if he doesn't lead our lives, all of that stuff doesn't matter. If we don't follow after him, after him searching our heart, reviewing our fears, uncovering our sins, if we don't follow after him and let him be the Lord of our lives, we're going to, be, we're going to end up in the same place where we started. Where are you being led to? You see, we are all journeying. We are all moving and being led somewhere. All of us, every single one of us, every single one of us, we're being led. Where are you being led to? Are you being led by God? Are you being led by His Spirit, by His power, His direction? Or are you being led by your heart? Remember, our hearts are deceitful. They trick us. They play mind games with us. Where are you being led? Are you being led away from God? Or are you being led to God? And what I want to do this morning is, is give you some very practical, practical next steps that you can take um, as we pray this dangerous prayer together. Number one, uh, I, want, I want to encourage you to, to pray this prayer uh, every day this week. Take time to pray this prayer every single day this week. Psalm 139, verse 23 to, to 24. God, search my heart. Search my heart, God. God, reveal my fears. God, uncover my sin. God, lead my life. And so when you pray this prayer uh, this week, the second thing I want you to do is, is listen. Because you see, prayer is not always just about us talking to God. It's us listening to God. So, so sit there for just a moment and see what God tells you. See what His Spirit tells you. See what He reveals. See what He uncovers in your life. And the last thing I'd encourage you to do is to do whatever He tells you to do when you listen. Uh, that's the hardest part of the sermon is when God reveals our fears, God, when, when God uncovers our sin, when God searches our heart, right? Like, like he's going to bring things out of our heart and our lives where we're just like, I'm not ready to deal with that yet. I'm just, that's scary. I don't want to deal with that. I know I'm going to have to confront that. Man, but that's the most important part is that we take intentional and practical steps steps to be obedient to God after he reveals what is in our hearts. Do you know what would happen then if we all started praying dangerous prayers? Do you know what would happen if you and I prayed dangerous prayers like this? I believe that we would become a dangerous church. We would become a threat to the evil one. We would become a threat to the evil one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We would become a dangerous church to him. We would become a church that uh, is after God's own heart. A church that lives by, fear, by faith and not by fear. A church that hates sin and loves obedience. A church that is led by God and leads others to God. We would be a church that is focused on its purity because we know that obedience matters to God, even as a church corporately. And where there's purity in the church, there's power as well. We would become a dangerous church to our enemy. We would become a dangerous church to his schemes. But yet we would become a blessing 
to the people in our lives. We would become a blessing to our community and our blessing to this world. God, search my heart. God, reveal my fears. God, uncover my sin. And God, lead my life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for this text. God, thank you for your love and your forgiveness and your grace. God, I pray this morning that you would search our heart, that you would search our heart, that you would examine us, that you would test us, that you would probe uh, our innermost parts and that you would really see what we have inside. God, reveal those things that are hindering us from drawing close to you, that you would reveal those things that are stopping us from living the life that you've called us to live. God, help us be obedient to you. Help us love you. Help us overcome our sin. God, give us the courage and confidence to come up to you, knowing that you offer forgiveness and grace to all. God, I believe that when we pray these dangerous prayers, God, we're going to find true intimacy with you. God, help each and every person here this morning Pray these dangerous prayers so they could live the life that you've called them to live. God, we thank you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. And if you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this podcast with your friends and your family so they can be encouraged and inspired as they seek Jesus. Again, thank you so much for listening.